Hello and welcome to the Spidercast podcast and I'm Travis Dunn. A little note at the beginning of this podcast, we had a power outage about midstream, so it's somewhere around the 40 some minute mark you're going to notice a unusual uh, audio jump cut. Uh just want to give everybody a heads up before we start the podcast and enjoy. Thank you. All right. Hello and welcome to the Spidercast podcast. This is the podcast where normally father and son Talk about games, tech, life in the universe, and but today, uh, my son has—he's uh, not feeling well. He didn't really want to do the stream, so I invoked our wondrous, uh, normally our, our moderator chat person, Mister Doc Smith, aka Sidious. What's up? And uh, so, yeah, today we're gonna—we've we, kind of got a, a full house of uh, of topics, and I, that was kind of thing for me. I didn't want to—I didn't really want to skip this week because we do have quite a bit to talk about. Um, so today we're gonna talk about uh, Disney being happy with EA, uh, the Activision Blizzard layoffs. Um, I think it's—I think it's pronounced Huawei, Huawei, something like that. Huawei. Yeah, Huawei. Uh, U.S. offices gets raided, Sprint suing AT&T. You and I are going to have fun with that one. Uh, and taxing video games and digital streaming is going to be a fun one. Oh. So how are you today? I'm doing fine. Now, for anybody who's uh, a bit uninitiated, Mr. Smith is uh, he uh, is a roommate of ours and... Uh, I sublet. <laughs> yeah, he uh, kids refer to him as Uncle Doc. He's pretty much been around for as long as they've been around. I've actually mm, been some longer. Yeah, we've known we've known you for God. What feels like going, going on on fifteen years? It's, no, it's got to be it's got to be more than that because Faith is fifteen, oh, yeah. Austin's sixteen, so it's got to be almost twenty at this 20, point. Yeah, yeah it's got to be two decades. Yeah, it's going almost twenty years. God, do I feel old? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Walmart crowd. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, myself, and uh, and Doc, and then uh, another friend of ours, James. Which I, one of these days we're gonna get him. Probably gonna have to catch him on like a Sunday. Do like a Sunday mm-hmm. podcast to get him on. Um, we were all former Walmart employees. That's where we all met. In fact, my wife. Get your wife. Yep, my <laughs> wife was also one of those one of those employees. We all worked in the same similar section. They all worked uh, electronics. Um, I worked in Photo Lab, which was at the time was right next door. So, you know, we were literally, you know, hollering jokes at each other, which is, man, the stories we could tell <laughs> that are not, not safe for work. Pilots, the good old days song is running in my head right now. Oh yeah. Not safe for work kind of conversations of the things that went oh, on plenty when, of them. when we worked at Walmart. Oh, I have to do a not for safe, uh, stream sometime. Yeah. We, I, I might have to do that like on my Twitch just for, just for shits and giggles. Cause you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, but the things, the things, the things we could tell, it probably, it probably really disturbed some people. <laughs> Considering the fact that we worked at a uh, uh, Walmart in uh, Southern Ohio. Yeah. 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 That's some... Things we've seen. Yeah. Unfortunately, the the problem is, is that we'd get James in trouble if his uh, his new girlfriend happened to listen. We to always him. get James in trouble. <laughs> bad part is get james talking he gets in himself in trouble oh yeah yeah we definitely can uh get him in trouble pretty quick it's that's kind of hilarious but oh but anyway so and like i said in today's episode first thing we're gonna talk about is disney is happy with ea and the star wars brand 
What a crock of shit. This one's a loaded topic for me. What a crock of shit. That was, I, I saw the article on this and I'm like, y- you're lying. They're, they can't be happy. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Disney's worried about two things. They're worried about making money. And obviously the Star Wars brand is very easy to make money with. Because there's, you know, probably close to a billion of us fans out there. And vast majority of that's hardcore. The second thing they're worried about is their rep. They're a family company. They don't like bad publicity. So in respect of the first criteria, yeah, EA is making them money. Well, I think what it is, because here's the thing, and they go on to talk about it in this, in, in, uh, was it Bob, Bob, whatever the hell that dude's name is, uh, Bob Eager, goes on to kind of hint on the on basically the fact is there's, you know, they're saying, well, EA is making us money, and the thing is, they don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what it is. EA is paying them for the license and paying them royalties for what they are producing, which is unfortunately not a whole fucking lot. But, you know, they don't have to do anything. They just sit back and collect a check. See, that's the big thing that Disney doesn't understand. They see the money rolling in from Battlefront. Battlefront 2. Okay, that looks good. But if they considered the games that EA has canceled, then they would realize that the potential for them to make more money is there, but EA screwing it over. Well, we're what, on the third Star Wars game they've canceled, I think, since they've attained the license. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just utterly ridiculous. Man, we, we got to start talking to Aladdin. You, you went blue there for a second. <laughs> hey, I might be a Smith, but I'm not Will Smith. <laughs> I wish. We, we, at the tail end of this, we're going to have to talk about that because I've got some comments about that. That is... <sighs> We'll save that for the end. Yeah, yeah. we'll save we'll save that for the or end. Or maybe we should throw it in after this one since it ties into Disney. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, let's wait till the end because that that one's gonna get that one's gonna get bad. I might have to cut that one out. Um, but anyway, you know, and that's the thing with EA. It's EA. All they care about is the bottom line, and and, and I can't imagine at this point they have sunk so much money and really not got. They never get the return. They've never gotten the return they want out of the, out of these franchises. That's the problem. And but see, here's the thing, though. They buy up these developers, so realistically their cost for development, because they own the groups that are developing for them, is less than if they were, you know, shopping out. So I can understand to a point that they are quick to cut content or cut games they don't think it's going to be profitable but the problem is is that what they're wanting to do is always live games where basically every time you log in they're getting money one way shape or form star wars as a license does not lend itself easily to that model of games well, and the thing is, EA EA could produce great Star Wars games. And in all reality, Battlefront Two wasn't bad. It had some problems, but the, it, the video to say a video game at this at, at this age that doesn't have 
a problem. I mean, come on, we can look at Fallout. And, I mean, yeah. Well, that's a sad reality of modern gaming. When you have AAA games that are full of problems because they're rushing them out because they want that bottom line. And then you get these indie developers that, you know, take their time and even early release games from indie developers are better than AAA titles. Well, that's just the sad reality of gaming right now. I mean, the, I mean, the thing is, we get the in in too much of this. We'll fix it later. I think. I think that's. I, I could be wrong, but that's to me seems the mentality is like let's just get it out, and we'll fix it later. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's even worse with a Star Wars title because one, we're so in, as fans so invested in Star Wars, and two, the. Uh, Okay, I just completely lost what point number two was. I do that all the time. Don't don't feel bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but, that, yeah, EA unfortunately just has to. They they need to get off their high horse. One, if they want to produce a good Star Wars game, it is going to take time. And the thing, and I think what the problem is, is that they're coming down towards the end of their licensing deal. And I think what happened with the last game was is they looked at the product when it was going to you know finish. And it was going to be way too close. But I also think we're, I think we're also running into the problem of we know that next-gen consoles are coming. And EA is going to want to be on board almost day one, day one yeah. with, with new content for new consoles. They're going to want to be that company. Yeah. You know, and EA, you know, talked about in their, their earnings call um, about how they, you know, things didn't perform as well as well they want and, they said that um, they had uh, they didn't earn as well because they didn't get to uh, they didn't get into the battle royale stuff and they focused on the single player campaign and which is a little yeah. bullshit. But here's the thing: they shipped something like seven point eight million copies of Battlefield. To say that that was unimpressive shows that EA is getting to use an old term from our heyday too big for their britches yeah they're absolutely getting way too big for their britches and they're you know and they're over over hyping everything too that i think that's that's also part of the problem and they but ea's always had a problem with that they've always wanted to be on top so they'll well if they're not making 10 times their 10 times their money they're not happy i mean they want to they want to earn with a video game what disney wants to earn with a Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? They want to spend $500,000 to produce it and make $3 billion within 18 months. I mean, that's... Now, the sad part is they could probably pull off numbers that are close to that. But the first thing I got to stop doing is screwing and screwing the people the people that buy their games. And, and that's yeah. the thing. I, I, I've got to the point personally, I, you know, they always say, you know spend with your wallet you know make your voice heard with your wallet and frankly that's exactly what i've been doing with ea i 99 percent of the time won't buy an ea game oh yeah i'm the same way um, back in the day um you know i was a hardcore ea fan i had i was into hockey so i had every hockey game nhl 96 97 98 
They did uh, a lot of sports games back in the early day. In the early when days. I got interested in uh, college football, I was buying the college football games every year. Um, you know, Battlefield. Battle. I prefer Battlefield as my first person shooter. I prefer it over Call of Duty, and uh, so I bought that whenever it came out. But as the years progressed, and I saw what EA was turning into as a company. I, I couldn't support them anymore because I couldn't I couldn't justify the practices that they had going on behind the scenes that came to light. Well, and look at the way they were so many games over. Well, they 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 went through this whole thing where they were buying up studios left and right during kind of what was a bit of a downturn for the for the industry. And I think we're I'll be honest, I think we're about to hit that next mark. Yeah, I'm afraid that there's going to be a bubble pop with the video game industry soon. But in the same boat, they they, they they own so much IP that they're not touching. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff that I would love to see coming out of EA. And they'll, if, they, if we do get it, it's going to be some damn mobile game or some stupid shit like that that just doesn't make a lick of sense, you know. Yeah. I want to get into the Diablo Immortal conversation. <laughs> but next topic... Like that well, segue. real quick, before we move on to this topic, <laughs> All right. I find it a little jarring, because if you remember, what, six, eight months ago, when the whole microtransaction fiasco was going on with uh, Battlefront 2, Disney was singing a very different tune. Yeah, there. I mean, there was rumors going around big time that Disney was really thinking about pulling the license. And now they're saying that they're happy with the way things are. And that's why um, that's why I I think that I think it's bullshit. I think they're just yeah. saying it to to, to so that they don't uh, hurt EA. Is you know what I mean to hurt somebody who technically has the license. Yeah, um, I think it was just that was somebody being playing you know saying nice to somebody else's face just for the yeah. sake of it. But that was the last point I wanted to make with that one. Okay, moving on, we're going to talk about the next wonderful game uh, producer, uh, Activision Blizzard, and this is a company that I. I I have I've had a bunch of love for over the years, but I I know Activision has turned into the next EA. That's what they've done. Yeah, and we've seen recently, you know, with Bungie leaving the group of you know, which they were kind of it was one of those things they had kind of a, a deal with Activision Blizzard, but it was they weren't a full they weren't like bought out by Activision Blizzard. And they, they got out of their contract. Destiny didn't didn't sell as well as they hoped, and a part of that was obviously the damn microtransactions, which are ridiculous. Um, and, but they have the same problem, and they've been losing money left and right. I mean, just... Oh, horribly. Yeah, it, it, it's been bad. Their stock drop was bad. Yeah, here... I, I, I pulled up this... I, I looked up the stocks, and in the last 12 months, they, have, they went from a high of $84.68 to now a low of $39.85. And they've been been hovering in the low 40s, like between 40 and $42 a share. Yeah, a couple of days ago I was looking at it, it was 42 something. Yeah, it's been hovering right now about that mark and man, that that's that's got to that's got to hurt their bottom line cuz I mean, cuz that's the money that that they used to invest in, you know, in production. And part of that now has caused them to cut costs which they said they've been doing they started talking about this way back in i think october was when they first made the big announcements they were going to start cutting costs and um so we found out today 
even though we've been hearing about this for weeks, we found out today that they did lay off a bunch of uh, employees. Uh, we haven't heard the exact number yet, but it was even mentioned in their earnings call that they were going to do that. Well, as far as that goes, um, I watched a video with the when they were first breaking the story a couple days ago from uh, Boogie2988 that, uh, and he brought up a good point. Uh, if you think about it, Activision being the uh, distributor of the game, Destiny, had a lot of personnel invested in marketing, logistics, specifically for Destiny. So they are sitting there twiddling their thumbs right now. There's a lot of people there that are not that they're not productive they don't have anything to do and they've already got their people in place for promoting the other big titles you know uh call of duty and that blizzard's got their people for doing their marketing so the destiny people are just literally sitting there with nothing to do if you're looking at it from a business point you got people sitting around doing nothing those are the ones that are going to get cut and I'm willing to bet that that's a lot of where that whatever that final number ends up being comes from. And they talk about it, uh, they do talk about it in the earnings call um, that layoffs were non-developmental personnel. So it's probably you're probably right. It's going to be marketing. It's going it's you know things like that that um, the PR hype people stuff like that. Right. And and then I'll, I'll read a kind of a quote from an, from an article. Um, in the letter, they promised a comprehensive severance package, um, continued health benefits, career coaching, job placement assistance, and profit-sharing bonuses from the previous year for anybody that was laid off. Um, you had a question, that profit-sharing bonus with a uh, 50% cut in the... Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that bonus is going to be very big. Um, yeah. But... I forget. I saw something briefly them talk about there. There was another company that was like, Hey, come talk to us. We're hiring. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. There's been a lot of companies that, uh, have, uh, started, you know, seeing the writing on the wall and putting out those feelers saying, Hey, and one would think that Bungie hopefully is in a position where they can, since these people are working on that had been working on their game, for you know multiple years now would bring them into the bungee fold to continue doing what they'd already been done so let's be honest the the hype train for uh destiny 2 and its expansion was running full steam they were doing their job and they were doing their job well it's just you know what the people got once they got the game in their hands made them shy away from it yeah and unfortunately blizzard and Activision here in the last few, last really the last eighteen months though has went through a, a whole transition. They've lost a couple of CFO, uh, CFOs. They've in a very short period of time. Um, and then uh, in October, the Blizzard's co-founder and president um, Mike Morhean. I, I I'm horrible with names. If anybody knows, um, you know who's been a you know like I said, he was part of the original Blizzard team. You know, left the studio. And it's just it's it's been this ongoing problem, and then you got you know the Diablo Immortal stuff, and um, 
unfortunately, on the Blizzard side of things, they've just been making bad choices left and right. Yeah, and some <clears throat> of the... even though I'm a little more receptive to Diablo Immortal, even I will admit that Diablo is a PC game. It's always been a PC game. That's where us fans want to see it. And the, and that's the thing. I think if they had, I've said before, I think if they had come up with at least, whether they, they announced a title name and said, you know, hey, we're still working on it and this is what we are, but for now, here's what's coming up. We're, we're going to do Diablo Immortal. It's going to be a, you know, a mobile game, blah, blah, blah. But keep watch. And then give us, and then give us a 10 second uh, CGI yeah. of Diablo 4. Yeah, I mean, it didn't it, it really didn't I mean, it, it could have just been a title screen with a with a a photo, you know, what I mean a digital photo that they could have come up with. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would have went over completely different. But when when you say that there's a major Diablo announcement coming and then you screw up and go, "Yeah, we're coming out with this mobile game and guess what? We didn't make it." <laughs> <laughs> I that Yeah, I, I will admit that. That was a major fumble on their part i have i have never in my life seen because i've seen some of the videos from from that announcement and it's like to 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 watch some of these people's faces i mean the mouse would literally drop to the floor could not believe that this was the big announcement and then it didn't take long for the booze to start (laughs) that's bad that's bad it's one thing to get booed at, at a bit you know at a press event that's outside but when it's your personal event and you getting it you're, you're at a major booed. trade show yeah a major trade show is kind of one thing because you got a, such a variety of different people but when you got something that fans are paying money to go to and they boo you you fucked you up done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah you fucked up it's <laughs> bad life choices <laughs> very bad life choices <laughs> oh is there anything else on that topic you want to i think well the major i'm unfortunately not as uh <clears throat> informed with uh, Hearthstone, and I've played uh, uh, Overwatch whenever there's been free-to-play weekends, but I've not seen those things, but I've heard that Blizzard has basically been running those into the ground. The problem problem with Overwatch is Overwatch was an opportunity that they squandered. It It was the right game at the right time, but they didn't. They're not adding content. They're not adding... Uh, characters they've got a pretty rich story that they built for those characters you know based on some on the backstory stuff that you can read up on and they just it's, just didn't develop it properly it's almost like overwatch needs a single player mode mm, single player campaign you know it's fine it's funny i was listening to kind of funny games and they were saying that exact thing you know <laughs> talking about how you know how much they've screwed up on the on the overwatch the fact that it is a good game and in fact to me it was it was almost this generation's version of Unreal Tournament. You and I yeah. have played that oh, uh, yeah. many, many times of, of some of the early Unreal tournaments. And to Which me, I've that, actually played the beta for the new one, and it looks pretty good so far. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that one yet. I'm kind of looking forward to that. But yeah, that's that's something I really think that they they squandered. They've squandered mm-hmm. several chances to make that game special, and and it, and maybe it won't. Nev- it would never do a Fortnite, and that's the problem. These these places want to think they're going to make Fortnite kind of money. They they developed and marketed Fortnite properly. That's all I can say. Well, yeah, they they came up with a free to play game that is fun to play, and then they added on the microtransactions that people want. 
buying the skins and the emotes. And, and the skins like aren't that. ridiculous. Like, they're not these stupid $10 ones like we've been seeing with some of these other. No. You know, but they're, then you get, they're a couple then you dollars get here. that want to have all of them. Right, and, and they're buying the packs. Their money. And they're buying the packs mm-hmm. of skins. So, yeah. And like I said, they that, did. That's a clear case of one company doing things right, one company doing wrong. I really need to turn my screensaver off. I was wondering what that what what was causing that, but now it makes my sense. My screen's going to sleep, and so everything goes blue screen. Uh, I forgot about changes. Yeah, I forgot about that. You got to make sure to uh, play. I sit and play with my mouse through the whole stream. I I need to. I was doing that for a while, but then my back started hurting, so I leaned back. And <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a constant. You're going to see me here, just... and then you're going to see me here. You're going to see me here. You, you, it's it's time just... for an extreme close up. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right. So, uh, Huawei, I, th- I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I think it's Huawei. It's one of those things I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways, but um, you say it your way, I'll say it my way, and we'll both be wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Blizzard is in this midlife crisis. Sorry, I was reading the chat. Spider, Spider is in the in the chat. He's he's working on oh, homework. He's playing me today, huh? Yeah, he's playing you today. Yeah, he's doing homework, and and like I said, he wasn't feeling that well, so he. That's why he bowed out. Um, so that uh, their U.S. office gets raided. In this whole story, and I, I don't know how familiar you are with what's been going on with this, and I've been kind of watching this one in the background. Um, I've kept up with it up to the point where they were making the allegations that uh, the company was in cahoots with uh, the Chinese government. Yeah, the the for a while now that them and because they're a Chinese company, they're very they're well known to be very close with the Chinese government, and the, partly because the Chinese government controls the internet there. They control the content. They block a lot of websites. I mean, there's some like I want to say parts of YouTube you can't get to certain yeah they've got their own version stuff. of twitter they don't even have real twitter yeah i mean it's it's literally you know if you want to operate in china that you have to go through the chinese government as far as an internet-based company and but this company make is is the number one telecom supplier so they they make switches and hubs and 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 the stuff that makes the internet work mm. and they're apparently the number two smartphone maker which i didn't that seemed really kind of surprising to me well, if you think about it, um, if you're looking at worldwide sales, China has got a very large market for smartphones just per capita. But yeah, it's amazing that you know it's Samsung, them, and then Apple. Yeah, and that, <clears throat> and and them being maybe over Apple, I could see because Apple's only recently gotten in the Chinese market in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But being number two, like I said, was a huge surprise to me. Um, but yeah, and. So a lot of a lot of companies, in fact, the U.S. government has pretty much banned the use of any of their devices inside um, major telecommunications systems because the fear or the possibility that um, they're tapped, they're they're tapped, and they can access those remotely. Um, and we've seen a lot of stuff from the China that, that has been back channeled into the Chinese government as as government hacks. Mm-hmm. And so, with all that said. The, but the big thing was what happened. And they they've been uh, an unsealed indictment says they've been charged with twenty three counts of theft of inter- intellectual property, obstruction of justice, and fraud. Um, part of this uh, stems from an investigation they had 
apparently been in talks back and forth with a, a, a glass maker that was making a new type of smartphone glass. And uh, they were given a sample. Well, not only did they have that sample way longer than they were supposed to, and it is believed they shipped it over to China, um, which is part of the reason why they had it so long. But when they got it back, it was broken into a th- like a thousand pieces. Um, when it was supposed to be unbreakable. So yeah, apparently it was pr- it was a prototype. Um, yeah, and- I was reading somewhere in the article saying that uh, they were uh, uh, believed to be using a uh, layer of artificial diamond to make it virtually indestructible. Yeah, it's supposed to be very very scratch resistant and and very very strong from from breakage. Um, it kind of brings to me like I have that old Star Trek reference of transparent aluminum. That's what it kind of that that was the first thought in my head when I read that article and I saw I, I saw that I'm like that's transparent aluminum, um, but yeah and apparently and and this is the funny thing a lot of tech places that have been talking about this have said it's kind of strange because they set up a sting at CES last this this last January and they had somebody the somebody go in with a wire and have and they wiretapped obviously you know they listened into the conversation. Um. So yeah, that went down at CES this year in, yeah, in some backdoor comments. So, but they've also been apparently an employee was uh, caught steal, stealing a robot from T Mobile from a T Mobile facility in Washington. Which I'm not sure what T Mobile would have a robot for. I mean, I don't know that they. Yeah, I act- thought Sprint was doing the whole robot thing. Yeah, or is it, that just advertisement? Uh, maybe, <laughs> but yeah. yeah it, joke yeah it's yeah. just advertisements but it's it's so it's so funny that uh and then i was reading somewhere else too that uh there was some uh um components of t-mobile's uh transmitters that uh they had stolen as well yeah so there's some definitely some shady practices going on and and on top of that the, I, I, it is believed this is the reason the cfo was uh, arrested in Canada uh, on request of the United States for extradition. Um, that this was part of this investigation is the reason why um, that this has been going on. And the thing is, the Chinese market is well known because the, their their copyright slash trademark da 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 laws over there are pretty loose, and you know that's why you see the the Chinese iPhones and the Chinese Android, you know, that look like galaxy you know the latest galaxy phones i mean every yeah, time you they turn don't around care if people clone other people's stuff yeah they, they they don't care they'll they'll reproduce and they'll produce it a third of the price <laughs> or cheaper yeah um you know a knock i have off. to question though because i was reading that it, there was like three different investigations going on with them yeah there's there's two or three different aspects of this whole investigation would they have actually been going that deep into investigating this company if the company had been tied to any other country? Or is it specifically because they're tied to China? I, I think why it's getting such big news is because of the because of the China aspect of it and because of the uh you know, the possibility that especially with the smartphone glass, that they probably uh, they're not like ninety nine percent sure that glass ended up in China. Mm-hmm. Um to be reverse engineered and um but the i mean that's the thing they they 
I think this would have happened either way. It's like I said, it's getting a lot of extra press because it's a Chinese company and they've already had some, there's already been some back and forth of, of whether or not this company is on the up and up. Um, but you know, when you, when you have a, when you have a, a government, you know, this company is from China and you have a government that is, is so strict on, on, um, being able to block, being able to track, being able to do all that. And then, you know, them being such a, a big telecom marketer, it, it does leave the question of, well, if they can do it there, why can't they do it here? And why wouldn't they do it here if the Chinese government would, you know, could get their fingers on, on that kind of data. And, and honestly, the, uh, I mean, what, for the most part, unless it was, you know, they got a hands on some government info, I mean, really, what would they end up seeing? Our porn history? I mean, Americans love porn. It's, <laughs> I mean, I don't think they'd be that interested in, in what we're watching, uh, you know, on, uh, on porn, you know, for porn sites. It's just, to me, it's not. Plus, those analytics are thrown out there by all the major sites anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Pornhub sh- does. I'm sure, well, yeah, Pornhub does. Uh, but I'm sure they could get it by other means if they really oh, yeah. wanted it. It's but in the same boat it, like i said it does raise the question of you know what can they do what you know what do they have the ability to to track with these devices and that's mm-hmm. why they like i said there's fortunately as reliant as we are with uh, smartphones nowadays that's an awful lot of info on each person well and that was a there was a video i watched that was talking about that there was a small real small t- like micro telecom that that use some of their equipment for their for their cell net for the, for the local cell network in this rural area, and he said the reason he went with them was because they were a third of the price of mm-hmm. you know the Cisco and the and the other companies that produce this type of, of products, and but you know admits that they they do try to keep track of what's going on. And so far, they haven't seen anything that looks suspicious, but you know even the guy admitted he understands why people are concerned with this company, you know, based on their track record. Uh, and it's funny we're gonna move on. we're talking about you know telecom and we're gonna talk about telecom again <laughs> yep uh sprint suing at&t and intellectual properties yeah and it, well i mean it's it's We're not intellectual but uh patents kind of um so sprint suing at&t over the fake 5g and we saw this with 4g and well let's disclaimer real quick you are an at&t user AT&T. i'm a sprint user right so, and that's kind of why we both have a little bit of, uh, we got a dog in the fight, but it's on opposite ends. I don't know if anybody can see that. Let me turn my screen down a little bit. Maybe that'll make it, I got it turned up. Yeah. Kind of high. They just recently changed mine. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can see that on, on the video or not, but yeah, my phone, that one's, that one's mine back up just a little bit on yours, a little bit more. It's just out of focus. Yeah, it's not one to focus. Uh, but yeah, the um, so recently, uh, I, and I've seen this on my phone, and the, and I've seen this on iPhones too. Uh, we now have the five G E symbol at the top of the the screen whenever uh, whenever they're enhanced network. And the thing is, it's not five G, not five G in the terms of what five G is supposed to be. And we had the same problem when 4G, before 4G LTE came out. 
and you know yeah, they were trying to pull the same stunt. Yeah, they were trying to pull the same spot, same stunt, and it was what they call at the time they call it three G plus. I think it was, was it? There was another term. It was a H something something HSPC plus or something like that. Um, and and the thing is that you know it, HSPA plus. It, yeah. It, it is it is completely a marketing ploy. None of these phones have five G radios in them, and it, and the thing is, it is it is literally for them to go. We're the number one five G network, and we have more five G phones, and da 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 da. Because this is what they did with the four G, and they kind of got away with it the first time. And I I honestly don't know how, um, they didn't get sued either by the FCC for false. Um, yeah, that was my thought too with the. Uh reading that article is it's the only thing that i can think of is reading the article it does give greater than normal speeds and that's got to be the only thing saving their ass from a false advertisement well and i think that's kind of how they got away with it the last time is it it did what they did is they just kind of turn turn the dial up a little bit and but i'll be honest even the the original you know 4g prior to the lte it was such a minor, like it was, unless you were standing next to, to one of those towers, you didn't really experience a whole lot of extra data. Then when LTE came out, that was a night and day. I mean, you go from, from 10 megs to 50, that was huge, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, cause that went from, you know, kind of a crawly internet because the thing is the 10 meg prior to and i use 10 roughly because that, that about that's about what it was in here in, in the columbus network seven to ten um yeah it was about seven to ten but that was it bet that was at full bars so when you know and you anybody knows you get two to three bars on average depending on where you're at most of the time so it was really like three or four but when it went to 50 and we were getting 20 and 30 that was a huge change um, but the, like I said, they, they got flagged for, for doing it. And I'm real surprised we've seen this again, but in the same boat, I don't. Um, but now, you know, cause Sprint has more real 5g network than most of the carriers, but they were kind of first on board, uh, with the, and I think there's only, I want to say there's only like two phones that even have 5g s- cell systems in the. But AT&T doesn't actually have any true 5G network phones right now. That's going to be actually that's expected to be in the next Galaxy and iPhone and all that. Mm. Um, Wanting to say, isn't the uh, uh, Note Nine supposed to be one of the 5G phones for Sprint? Mm-mm. Or was that right before that the was 5G right, came out? Yeah, that was right before because they weren't sure if if this year was going to be the year for 5G. They kind of knew it was going to roll out roughly this year, but not when. Um, yeah. Because I remember iPhone kind of, or the Apple kind of got crap for not why they didn't have you know the five G and they pretty much said it wasn't wasn't ready nobody had it actually yet and to be honest it was they said the co- phones too expensive right it was going to add a lot of unnecessary costs when you know when they, they knew it was going to be another generation away before uh, we were going to see that anyway but it's going to be interesting to see I I think it's a good thing I I think they're absolutely right I I think it, it is. You know, it's marketing ploy, and yeah. Sprint's taking them to task for it now. Yeah, I think I think that I think this should have been this should have happened in the last in the last round, but they, like I <laughs> said, they sort of weirdly got away with it, and I don't know if the 
can't remember if the, the FCC actually said eh, it's okay, but I'm wanting to say that it was that whole technicality that things were faster with than without that saved them. But um, you know, it's one of those deals you dip it that well too often. Eventually, it's going to go dry. Yeah, and that's and I I don't even, I'm not even 100 percent sure. There, there's a certain body that that's kind of unregulated that that decides what because what it is is each G, if you will usually deter- determines a maximum possible speed available to you. Um, so like 2G was, I think, was it 512 meg? Or 512, no, it wasn't 512 meg. 756, wasn't it? Uh, it was something like that. It was less than... It was just under a meg. Uh, yeah, it was less than a meg. Um, and then, th- and then 3G got you... Uh, 3G originally got you one, 1 to 3, and then it, then it bumped up to three just like three to five three to seven and then towards the end got, got closer to 10 and then and then when it went as the 3g plus which they ultimately tried to like i said they called 4g um went to is when you got into the the plus 10 in a way though i wonder do we do we need that kind of speed and and, and partly is be, partly is because of the fact that it seems like every time we have one of these jumps in, in network speed, like my phones start using more data. You know, I, when I went from a 3G phone to a 4G phone, I ha- I started having problems running out of data at the end of the month. And I was do- watching the same stuff all the time. I, you know, I was it was one of those I was watching videos at work. Watched the same stuff all the time, but my data doubled. Even though I even went in, because I was watching YouTube, I even went in and turned the... The you know turn it down from you know high def to to low def, and I was still having a problem doubling my data. And it seems like every time we have one of these generational jumps, we use more data, and not but because as we the want phones to. Develop, you know, and people more and more rely on the phones as their primary internet source. You know that that kind of speed is almost required to keep up. So it, it's one of those deals where, yeah, it uses more data, but then at the same time, we need to use more data, and it just turns into a vicious cycle, and ultimately it's the carriers that profit because yeah. they sell us more data. Yeah, they get to they get to jump their they get up their prices and they get to sell us more data and push us into those unlimited plans. Yeah, the not so unlimited limited plan. <laughs> well, for you. Sprint's the only one that actually has truly unlimited. They don't throttle after so far. Yeah, I think you have to get something like you have to go like something stupid, ridiculous, like fifty plus gigs before they'll they'll actually sort of turn you down a bit. But they don't. That's the problem with AT and T. It's not that they turn you down. And I had this I had this fight with it with an AT and T rep. I said it's not the fact that you're turning me down after I'm reaching my my maximum because this is back when I had the when they changed it to the unlimited but not so unlimited plan shit <laughs> i unmuted the audio so nothing was but no audio was recorded oh <laughs> uh, but anyway uh so we'll backtrack just slightly for anybody who uh was was watching uh, let's go like this without yeah, hearing anything without hearing anything um the uh, uh we we lost power here at the house uh so obviously we had to wait and restart um i pretty much have lost everything from the first part of the stream i'm gonna have to try to download it from twitch and then stitch it all together for the audio version of this podcast 
So that's going to be a whole lot of fun crap for me to do <laughs> when we're done. Uh, but we're what it is, we got high winds, so that's probably affecting the uh, power lines. But it's actually been a while since we've had something like that happen, at least like that. Normally, if it goes out, it goes out. But it went completely wow. out and back on. I will once again reiterate, apparently me being on the stream is a curse. Yeah, and then we we were discussing the fact that we've been trying to get him on the, on the podcast a bit, but I've been sick and he's been sick and... Um, you know, it's it's been kind of a kind of a crazy thing. The house has thing. had the crud going through it. Yeah, I I've been sick. I was sick since just before Christmas, mm-hmm. which sucks. And then I've been sick twice since then. Yeah, um, and we really didn't have much else to to say about the whole AT and T being sued. Uh, you did say that you know, obviously, kudos to Sprint, and, and I, I I pretty much said I you know I'm glad Sprint did it because I think it's crap and. But it shouldn't have been. Sprint shouldn't have had to do it. It should. It, it, the, FCC, the FCC is there for this reason. Yeah, they should have went after them for the for this kind of con, uh, conduct. Um, and the next and at that point, it's a wait and see. Yeah, you're right. Um, now the next two topics are probably going to be kind of heated. It is this something that's a, a, one of those things that just drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some filth, form, filth, form, filth comes out of my mouth. Uh, I apologize now in advance. Uh, Warning, would... potential F-bomb usage increased by 100%. Yeah. Uh, usually it's a squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Spider was talking is talking in chat. Um, we had this we had this weird thing for summer. And literally, like, three, two or three weeks in a row, we had squirrels that were committing suicide on, on the power transformer that's right behind our house. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious because... When I, when I tell somebody that, you know, I had another squirrel commit suicide, it was like three Saturdays in a row, so it was a Saturday thing for some reason. Um, in fact, we even, had, too much. We, had a, we even had a cop roll by after, I think, the second one, and and I kind of flagged him down and said, let me guess, somebody somebody complained about a gunshot, and he's like, yeah, how do you know? I said, it wasn't a gunshot. I said, it was a transformer in the back of my yard. I said, a squirrel committed suicide. And he gave me the funniest fucking look, like you know, like I was bullshitting. I was like, "I'm not kidding." I said, "I said they go across the breaker bar and pop." Yep, they they touch that bus bar to talk. And what it is, is there's a bar that whenever uh, technicians need to service and uh, service transformer, they can pop off real quick. It's a physical with, disconnect. And what, but what happens when a squirrel touches two ends of it? They get immediately fried. Well, it it, it makes literally what so- it does sound like a gunshot going off, like a shotgun. And, um, but yeah, he kind of laughed. I said, yeah, I said, I said, you can check with AP, AP. They did it last week. I said, I just, I just sent a request over for them to send another guy. And the thing is, it takes hours for them to get out here. It takes five minutes for them to t- take a pole. There's a special fiberglass pole they use. It pops it right back into place and everything comes back to life. It's, it's kind of, it was kind of hilarious, but yeah, I had literally like three times in one summer, uh, that go down. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, moving on to the wonderful uh, topic of taxes. This is and God, this is one of those things, man. It just just burns my ass. It does. There's a whole lot about this story that, and the next one that I just shake my head at because the f- the first one is Pennsylvania legislation trying to tax video games, namely video games, uh, adult 
mature rated video games. So we're talking about our Call of Duties. We're talking about, you know, pretty much 95% of video games end up in mature rating. Um, and the, and the excuse is, and this is, uh, from representative Chris Quinn, who's a Republican, but we don't typically do, you know, a whole lot of, uh, politics, but we will in this case. Um, over the past few years, acts of violence in schools seem to be occurring more and more frequently and more intensity. And then he goes on to talk about some, he nitpicks a, a particular, um, study that was done. But they even what what he left out of that study was the fact that that study basically said there is no discernible. Uh, well, basically, what it was the is two. they the study linked the video games and violent content to increased aggression, and that's what he nitpicked out of it. What the study didn't, or what he didn't say from the study is that there was no correlation between increased aggression and actual acts of physical violence. Right. And th- and this is th- this has been a, a similar debate we've had many many times and Hell, it started with Jack Thompson back in the 90s. Yeah, this this was a this is a topic that is has made its rounds and, and not only has the public openly said, you know, this is, you know, we're not going to put up with this. This is not right. And the thing is, this is nothing more than a cash grab. It always has been. They they always want to say, well, we're going to use the money to to help youth and blah, blah, blah. That money, always, every time they do one of these weird, and we're going to talk about this. This is the same thing we're going to almost talk about in the next topic. But every time they do one of these and they say, well, we're going to we're going to tax it, but we're going to use the money for, for good purposes. It gets funneled into everything but. Yeah. You know, and the majority of it's going into the uh, pockets of the representatives. Yeah, it gets it gets put into to an action committee where he gets to hire all of his friends and all his colleagues to to run this study. Da 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 da. da. So they to get decide it. where the rest of the money goes, and it never goes anywhere useful. Yeah, I think uh, the Pennsylvania one was uh, specifically supposed to be going to fortifying schools for uh, combating these acts of violence. Right. And, you know, it's a noble cause, and I respect that part of it, but there are other places to get the money from. Yeah. And that, that, that's one thing, is taxing something for another reason that is, at, at the most, loosely connected is stupid to begin with. Um, but then to try to say that, you know, it's these violent video games that's causing these acts of violence, there have been numerous studies over the last 20 years where, I'm actually moving on 30 years now, yeah. where there has been no correlation between violent video games and violent actions. Um, and almost in every one of these instances that the when these acts happen, it's always somebody, and, and and this is the topic that they never want to talk about. This is always somebody with a mental health problem. This is somebody yeah. with anxiety. This is somebody with depression. This is somebody PTSD. with PTSD. Yeah, it, it, you know, and abusive home situation. Right, and it's you know the, there are other there are other reasons these things happen. Now, and the thing is, if you want to try to say that video game violent video games is causing then you need to look at 
violent movies. Yeah. You need to look at violent song lyrics. You need to look at violent television shows. Hell, you need to look at the evening news. Well, you know, it's all of it's hilariously funny because you talk about that. Some of that stuff they have tried. They've tried the music because remember the gangster rap thing back in the day. They've tried a little bit on the movies, which the movie the movie industry obviously has got so much money behind it that they pretty much told them, you know, go fuck themselves. Um, the the funny one that they've never touched is they've never touched TV. Yeah. And you're right. Look at the evening news. Look, you know, look at almost any news organization at, at this point, whenever, you know, whether we're talking about these shootings or whether we're talking about something overseas um i mean hell look at game of thrones and um oh um what's james's other favorite show walking dead look at the violence in the in those shows i mean yeah but the problem with those is those are cable those aren't accessible to anybody with basic who the hell really and has been? So that, <laughs> I mean, if you've got cable, very, I bet you, I bet the percentage of people who have basic cable is so small. And I'll agree. But the, when these people are making their defenses, they nitpick those things. But that's the thing. I mean, you have to look at everything. And, you know, it's. There's no correlation. And then you turn around and hot button topic for me is gun rights. They always want to go after gun rights. But again, you know, most of these people, until they commit their act of violence, can clear a 4473 background check. You know, it's the, the, there's systems in place that are not working. Fix those systems. Yeah. Don't add in all these, you know, care plans and contingency plans in schools fix the people that are causing the problems and won't have the problem anymore well you know increase mental health awareness in this country don't stigmatize it get the people the help they need and it won't be an issue well you know and the funny thing is is it's not even just so much that they want to attack they want to tax certain types of video games but it's 10 percent on top of sales tax yeah you know, millions of we all know. Mil, we do, we talked about it. You know, millions of copies of video games get sold every year, millions, and most. You know, they I would say probably the average is somewhere between eight and ten percent sales tax anyway, and then they want to add another ten percent on top of that. Go fuck yourself. I thought it was the whole you know because if you think about it, this is Pennsylvania in their state legislature wanting to place a additional tax on a specific media source on top of sales tax for the state. Isn't that double taxation? Isn't there laws in the uh, country against that? Uh, you know what? And it's, it's one of those things. It, it, it's so, it's so weird how, how the U S does taxes because when I look at the constitution and I read the constitution, cause it says t uh, taxation without representation. And here's the thing. It's like, to me, anymore, if there's a, if they want to tax something, it needs to go to the voters. The voters need to vote if they yeah. want that tax. I am so sick of, of these people coming up with whatever the hell they want to come up with out of their ass that makes them look good and makes them, you know. Ultimately, like I said, what happens is in a lot of these cases is that they'll create this this special tax for 
for such and such and such, and it's supposed to be for such and such and such. And then, like I said, they hire all their buddies and they hire all their colleagues and they create these committees that that operate and that, that most of this money gets wrapped up into. And then these people are wrapped up in are, are part of these uh, groups that give money to their political campaign. So it gets funneled back into the, into into the person who's writing these. And I think. And- before anybody says anything that is watching this stream or listening to the podcast on audio format, this isn't a Republican or Democrat issue. They all do. Both it. sides are guilty of. They all fucking do it. Um, oh, but the Entertainment Software Association, which represents a lot of the game, which represents most of the game major game publishers, uh called this bill the a violation of the U.S. Constitution, which the Supreme Court in, a, in an earlier um, said that, that video games were entitled to the full protection of the Constitution under the free speech, just like movies, just like TV, things of that nature. Um, you yeah, know, it was Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association. Yeah, numerous. Uh, uh, there's been numerous studies, scientists, medical professionals, government agencies, even and the, U- the U.S. Supreme Court found that games do not cause do not cause violence, and and that they always found other underlying problems with with these with the people that cause these things. And and I and. It, it, I, it drives me, it always drives me nuts when, when we see these and they pop up from time to time, but it's always good to make people aware that these things are popping up and that, that they need to talk to their representatives and they need to tell them to go fuck themselves and, and that they, that this wrong and they need to quit trying to tax things that they shouldn't be messing with. And moving on to more taxation problems. <laughs> uh, Georgia. Basically, Georgia's doing the same thing. But they're expanding it from video games to digital video, books, music, anything you can get digital now. Yeah, they're including streaming services. And yeah, they're pretty much doing a whole blanket thing with video games, digital video, books, music, streaming services. You know, things like Netflix, Hulu, blah blah blah. Um, and again, it's a situation where they say it's going to be used to help increase the uh, infrastructure of the internet and communities that don't always have it. Yeah. And th- and this is exactly this is exactly referring back to the previous conversation talking about where the money gets funneled around. We've seen we've seen this a thousand times. This is nothing more than for internet and media providers to people like Comcast and and um, Spectrum and all the the ones that, are, that rule the internet. This is their way of getting free money to pod their pockets because what they'll do is they'll get all this they'll tax out you know the average joe pays more taxes and on the idea that they're gonna they're gonna increase royal internet or increase the internet speed and they'll increase it by three percent yeah you know and then just uh, enough to not get uh bitched right. out about it'd be just enough to say well we we added three percent to to the to the to our internet rural internet and that we increased speeds by five percent which costs them almost nothing, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's one of those things they they pick a they pick a little town and they run a couple of pieces of cable and they go we're good, and then pocket the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. And and then all you know it, again this stuff turns into committees and it turns into it, it that's this is exactly the same thing I was just talking about. It, it, they we've same seen the, thing different state. Yep, they've been doing this for years. 
And then this is how uh, internet companies also get their, their fingers tied into where they get um, basically nobody can come into that, 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 that town or, or area because, you know, because competition, they somehow get a monopoly, which I still can't figure Well, I know how they do it. They pony up the cash. We've got a friend who has absolute shit internet out in California because the area that he lives in made a uh, contract with a single ISP and I don't even think he gets 10 megs a second. Yeah. It's something really slow. And then we got friends in Alaska that, um, they still have, they still have, uh, where they pay per like so many gigs, um, which is ridiculous in today's society, in today's modern internet society. You know, yeah, a lot of uh, some ISPs do have limits, but they like it's literally like cell phone service type mm-hmm. of limits up there in Alaska. And that's just now, ridiculous. 10, 15 years ago, the argument could be made that up in Alaska with the cold interfering with the hardware. Yeah, that's understandable. But nowadays, no. Yeah, it's you know, it's ridiculous. They've got technologies that bypass those problems long ago. And it's just, you know. They know they hold out, they can get more money. Well, in, in our friends, they they actually, um, at one point, on several occasions, they've had more than one internet provider. They've had one that offers unlimited or damn near unlimited, but it's really, really slow. So they use that for their web browsing and stuff like that. And then, like, their game consoles and stuff like that, they use on their high-speed internet to watch videos and, and play on the internet and stuff like that. Um, just because the, the because it's it's cheaper, <laughs> it's cheaper to have two damn internet companies. Yeah, that's bad. You know, to to you know to do what we do now, you know, and, and I have great. I'll admit one thing about Columbus is we have the opportunity to have great internet. Spectrum unfortunately keeps screwing us. We we were supposed to be where. Uh, where I am now at WoW, which is so funny. WoW has great internet, has lousy, lousy cable. Um, Spectrum has great cable, but I won't call it lousy internet, but in comparison. Yeah, it's got mediocre speed internet. So, like, the most you can get with Spectrum here is, like, 100 down. And I think it's 10 up, something like that. Um, Yeah, because that's what I was getting when I lived a little bit further south. Yeah, and and then uh, WoW, which I have like I said, has horrible, horrible cable, but the internet is 500 down and 50 up. And I average 400 plus down and probably about 40 plus up, you know, when you, when you're talking about real speeds, whenever I test it, that's with, you know, three active internet users. Yeah. Yeah. The whole house is, is filled with game consoles and PCs and, and whatnot. And it's amazing to me that, you know, we live, in a society now and, and the thing is i technically could get higher but i don't really need it i don't really need higher and the only reason i went to this tier was because i wanted the 50 up because i knew that we we were talking about doing podcasts we were talking about doing streaming and things like that and then and, i moved in so you knew that i was going to be gaming which right that up speed was needed so we really really wanted that extra the extra up speed and you know, but we have the option to go one terabyte down and fifty up. I, w- I wish they had terabyte down and hundred up. I probably don't, depending on the price, go for that. But um, the only problem with that is that you tend to have to, even in this area, 
uh, that's still kind of business class. Yeah, it, it is. It is almost. There isn't a huge difference between the two, but there is. You know, and it's funny because uh, Spectrum in this area actually they they offer their business class internet, and it's seventy five. It's not even like you, you technically could get better internet on, on a uh, on a retail. The, and really, the only difference, and and I had a conversation with one of our IT guys when he was working at, uh, at the building that I work at. He was in doing some equipment changes. You know, but he said that you know the the difference between commercial, you know, versus residential is commercial. They will come out within hours and fix it because you're, you know, your internet is your business. And, and I understood that, but that's also why you pay four times the price versus residential. And, you know, we're talking four times what I pay for internet and cable for, for just internet, you know, for, for, for business. Cause at work, I, we actually have a fiber line. But we're only, I think we're 50 up and 50 down with a fiber line. <laughs> you know, I have, we have a direct fiber. Um, and then they put in a, um, I guess they put in a micro, uh, a microwave tower that transmits. And it's like f- 15 or 20 up and down on that, which I, I'm curious where, where the other tower for that is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but it's amazing to think of the difference in internet speeds from one location to another. And, and I'm sure there is to an extent difference between business and uh, residential is uh, bandwidth allocation. Well, I, I mean, bet the, you there's less peak drop-offs, right? The, the, that's the, that's the other big thing with, with business classes. You get what you pay for all the time. You're dedicated. You get first priority um, internet, you know? So, it's just like, you know, unfortunately here, if at some point they got a thousand, you know, a thousand percent over what they're normal, they will throttle you. In a business class, you are, you get number one priority. So even if you're on the same node with some residential people, they get throttled, you do not, you know, because that's what you're paying for. But that, like I said, that's why you're paying four times the price. Yeah. Um, gosh, what, what were we going to talk about at the end? Because we are at the end. Um disney's uh aladdin trailer oh disney's aladdin trailer yeah i meant to actually kind of put that in the dock uh for anybody that hasn't hasn't seen that yet let me tell you that i haven't watched the trailer yet but i've just seen photos of what will smith looks like blue in that really ugly blue and i and i like blue blue is normally my kind of one of my top colors and uh my god he looks so stupid <laughs> I didn't think it looked that bad. I think it looks... I, I mean, it was comical, especially... Con- now, Now, here's my question. Okay, Will Smith is playing Genie. And I saw a hilarious picture showing him from that trailer, and then below it, it showed a picture of uh, Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire giving finger from a window. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. You have to show me that one. I'll have to show it to you next time I see it. But... Um, Will Smith is such a prevalent actor. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows what he looks like. If they had picked somebody who wasn't as big of an actor, would it be as big of a problem? You know, I I didn't care about the whole Will about the Will Smith thing. I think, and I'll I'll pop I'll pop into the picture of what Will Smith over, over you for a moment. Um. 
I as I well, wasn't just let me uh, let the screensaver turn on. That's and true. Similar view. <laughs> um, but I I I I wasn't crazy about the whole idea of a live action version of this anyway. I had my trepidations about it as well. I'm now watching the trailer. I didn't have a problem. Um, but I'm a little bit more lax when it comes to the idea of that sort of thing happening, doing a live action version. I understand that there's going to be some things lost in translation, uh, going from, you know, completely animated to, uh, you know, live action. Will Smith, I think, can pull off playing. If anybody's going to fill Robin Williams' shoes, I think Will Smith is a good contender for that. Um, could they have done a little bit better making him look a little less alien? Probably. I mean, when I first saw the image, I thought, you know, okay, is Will Smith in the next Avatar movie? <laughs> but, you know. The, the thing is, this, I think, av- to, for me, like, I think the Avatar blue looks better. Like, this literally, like, to me, he literally just looks like they painted on blue. Right. But that's also a dark scene, too. You know, and if they follow the animated movie at all, we're going to see Genie in more than just the cave setting. So how is it going to look when he's in daylight? How is it going to look when he's in a fully lit interior and not that cave setting? That's the question I've... Obviously, this is an early trailer. They're still working on things. You know, it's just like a beta for a video game. Things are subject to change by the time we get the final product um you know what's going is this going to be what it finally looks like or is it going to look better once we see it in more context yeah like i i don't want to hate it but i just i got a gut feeling this i've not been a huge fan of a lot of the live action ones that they've there i guess there's some of them like this this was my generation disney cartoon like this, this is one that I remember fondly. It was also one of my early loves for Robert William, Robin Williams. Um, but like I said, I just, I just don't, it was one of those ones. Like I didn't think it needed to be, um, uh, I, I just didn't think this was one that needed to be redone. Um, uh, the, uh, Beauty and the Beast live action. That one wasn't horrible, and um, I say Beauty and the Beast is another one up there with Aladdin from you know my childhood. I fondly remember Disney movie wise, and it was one of my favorites. And I thought they did a phenomenal job. They did a pretty good. That one, I'll be honest, that one translated really well to the live action. It's warm. Um, sorry, I got wife dropped me off from rollo candy i got i have to eat one. Oh lord i love rollo candy he's got an addiction to those candies i don't but, care i don't care how big the bag is i will eat the whole bag in one sitting in one sitting I but it's one seen. of those deals that you know i thought they did a good job with uh beauty and the beast so i was Again, I, I, mixed feelings. I didn't think they needed to do a live action, but there's been a big push here lately to do live action remakes. So I was like, okay, let's see what they can do. And 
watching the trailer, is that making me want to go out and watch the movie in theaters? No. Am I maybe a morbid curiosity to see it once it hits DVD, Blu-ray? Yeah. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be one I'm going to rent before I buy. I'm, I, I think don't red box it. Instead. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I think that's absolutely what I'm going to do. I'm going to red box it before, before I actually buy it. Hopefully it doesn't hit red box because Disney, some Disney movies can be a little funny with, with red box. I'm sure it's expensive for Redbox to get a hold of the rights to. Yeah, it's always them. it's always a little goofy, but Disney's with certain movies, Disney has, um, they have limits of like they got to be out x number of days or whatever, and some of them are, some of them are pretty quick, some of them are thirty days, and I've seen up to the ninety days on a few uh, a few of them, so. It's always weird yeah. depending on what the IP is and how long they uh, they take to actually hit Redbox. But yeah, I think it's going to be a rental first and then maybe buy around Christmas because by the time Christmas rolls around, it's going to be a ten or fifteen dollar movie um, if I'm going to buy it. But there was a there was an interesting somebody did an interesting take and I, I tagged James in it. <laughs> I, I saw that. Um, it was a car- It made him. It changed his blue to a pink. And then I wish I could find that. I don't know if added I, a few details. Yeah, it made him look like a character from from Dragon Ball Z. Majin Buu. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a big. I'm not big on Dragon Ball Z, so I don't know all the characters. But, but yeah. And they added a couple little details to the picture, and he I'll be honest, it looked spot on. It looked real good. It looked real close to that character because it literally the picture is a side by side of the of the of the cartoon character versus versus the remade character and uh and yeah that was it was actually pretty hilarious how close it really looked um i'd have to dig through my facebook to find it let me look here real quick that, that that's one good enough i think i want to i want to show on stream i want to sit here and you know damn rollo but back to the uh case in point um there a way for me to share this to you? So mm-hmm. I just found it. Yeah, I just found it too. Okay. Hold on. But back to the original case in point. I don't think they did that bad with it. Could they do better? Probably. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's a pretty spot on Majin Buu. And that now makes me want to see them try a live action Dragon Ball Z movie again. I, I thought that was one that I thought that was honestly one that they could fuck up and they did. <laughs> I mean, it, oh, it's like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh my god! Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, we're going down a big rabbit hole oh. discussing live action remakes and cartoons that they screwed up. We on. will have to sit down and have that conversation. That'll have to be a whole episode, like a special. Yeah, episode. we'll do a special episode of the podcast with all three of us where we're critiquing beloved cartoons and animes that they oh tried live actioning and, and i i i thought well i thought I, I will say this i thought well m, m. night shine along he he's done some pretty good movies at that point up to that point um i figured it was right in his wheelhouse and like i don't know i don't know how disney or not disney nickelodeon or whoever the whoever owns the rights to that to that show i have no idea how they they took one look at that and didn't go what the fuck yeah wtf somebody fucked up somebody fucked up on that one it was so bad once again bad life choices horrible horrible life choices 
so bad you, you get the name wrong. <laughs> when you when you get the character's name completely wrong, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's Ang. They kept saying it what Ang or um, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they called him Ang. <laughs> I I literally I think I went and seen that in theaters and I was so pissed by the time. I mean, I was fuming the moment I walked out of that theater. Now, I will admit, I've watched a lot of anime in my time, so I'm a little bit more versed in pronunciation of those names. And that is purely an American trying to pronounce an ethnic name and screwing it up as horribly as they could. And I don't don't totally get that, because that show, as far as I know, that, that show was produced by Nickelodeon for america i obviously i think it was produced you know they they showed it in other other countries i don't know if they pronounced his name differently in that but the, the way ver- i understand it no nickelodeon got it right i mean that i i just totally do not understand how they fucked that up but that was a royal one mm-hmm. all right i think that's where we'll end the podcast for today hopefully uh if you're listening to the audio i'm gonna apologize because i'm gonna have to stitch together two completely different uh quality videos to try to to, to make the show available on uh, on your you know for your earballs but otherwise be a fun editing job yeah the, uh, normally the edits are really really easy and quick and this one's not going to be um <laughs> But anyway, so this is the Spider Cast podcast. Uh, we're on on Tuesdays, roughly eight p.m. ish, usually between eight and nine uh, on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can find us live uh, twitch.tv forward slash spider ara seven thirteen. We're also on most major podcasts around the world: uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and a few more. Um, feel free to join our. our if you're watching this live, make sure you join us in our Discord channel, and uh, hopefully we will uh, we will be uh, Spider will be back next week. Uh, so hopefully everybody has a great day, has a great week, and I will catch you later. Peace.